When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Thursday night throwdown. Could be Rodgers' last huge game in Green Bay. We'll set the table with everything at stake. Then, after the pack, we get to Dak and the whack smack that he lacks the knack to put the team on his back. How will he bounce back after the attack? We'll get you there. Ours. Josh Allen. He's the best thing to happen to Buffalo in decades. But will his fatal flaw keep the Bills from ever being super? All that and more as we get up with you. Starting right now on a Thursday. Ready to roll. It's cold. It's a little chilly. We got snow coming in Buffalo. We got a huge game tonight in Green Bay. We got a great NFL Week 11 getting set to kick off. And we got bold predictions to start him with. Let's go. Dan Graziano, give me a bold prediction for Week 11. Are we not going to talk about black smack? Like, are we just going to let that get said? Bars. (laughs) Spitting bars. That guy you were talking about, Dak Prescott, throws three touchdown passes as the Cowboys rebound from their loss and beat the Minnesota Vikings. Also, he thinks Dak bounces back from the whack attack. Bart, give me a bold prediction for week 11. Nick Chubb gets it done. If the elements are what we expect them to be, this favors the Cleveland Browns in that ground attack. Ugling the game up and making it a 8-10 to 10 possession game. You can't stop this guy. He's all traction. Nick Chubb has a big day. We could have three feet of snow in Orchard Park. Minko, week 11, give me a bold prediction. I'm going Jeff Saturday starts his coaching career 2-0. Oh, that's right against the Eagles. Guess what? There's a new sheriff in town. It's Jeff Saturday. He's got this team playing hard. I know they played the Raiders last week. But guess what? They might beat the Eagles. No, you know what? They are going to beat the Eagles. So says Ninko, the fighting Saturdays over the 8-1 birds. All right, it's going to be a terrific week 11, and it starts tonight. Enormous game at Lambeau Field. Green Bay looking to build on the momentum off of that big win where they snap a five-game losing streak, beating the Cowboys in overtime as Rodgers threw three touchdowns to the rookie Christian Watson. But... 62% of the Packers' designed plays were running plays. That's the highest ever with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Question, does that formula work against Tennessee? Answer, no. (laughs) The Titans rank second in the league, stopping the run. They allow just 85 yards per game. They've not allowed 100 rushing yards in a game since week two. Their pass defense, however, ranks 31st in the league. So, are we looking at another night where Rodgers is yelling at the coach, we need to run it, or do they need to be (laughs) flinging it down the field to that rookie Christian Watson? Can the Packers use the same formula they used four days ago successfully in this game tonight, build on this momentum, and put together a second-half run? That's the only chance they have. They have to. They have to earn the respect of the bullies. Teams like Tennessee, the Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers of old, you know, some of Nico, Patriots, you have to earn their respect. And to do that, you can't go in there tiptoeing into the cage. You got to go in there screaming like a banshee like Brian Billy used to say and pump them right in the face. And it's going to come down to Thunder Thighs and A.J. Dillon, I mean, A.J. Dillon and also um, Aaron Jones. He's going to have to be tough in between the tackles. You got to say, listen, man, go ahead and lather up today because it's going to be one of those days where we're handing you guys both 20 carries. That's the only chance they have. And then when they get the respect and they get that safety in the box, that's when you go to the youngster, Christian Watson, and say, we need 
you to catch one for us, buddy. Can you run the old Terminator, the old number one? Go deep. It, it worked so well for them the other day, and it's yeah. the first time we've seen that offense look like anything you might be scared of. They run it, they loosen it up. Can they do it tonight against your buddy Vrabel? They can, but they have to take advantage of Tennessee's injuries. So you look at Tennessee on a short week. They won 17 to 10 against Denver. They're going to travel to Lambeau again, short week, and then they have a bunch of injuries in the secondary. You just saw the stat line on their on their pass defense. They're 31st in the league. So if you're Green Bay, what do you want to do? You want to try and set the tone early, run the football, but then also mix in the play-action pass and take those injuries into your advantage. Go go ahead and attack those injuries because we all know this in the secondary when you got backup corners, backup safeties in. You can attack those those weaknesses. So, Graziano, there is a magic number in this game for the Green Bay Packers. It's not complicated, the number they need to get to, and the number is 24. The Titans have not scored more than 24 points in any game this season. In fact, they've not scored over 21 since the middle of September, and the Packers, when they score 24 points or more, have not lost this year. So that's the question. Uh, the, the, the vintage Rodgers of old, forget that. The, the, we're not getting that with this roster. But can they score well, 24 points tonight? They can. And the, you can get an Aaron Rodgers that can do what Nico's saying, right? Take advantage of the weak spots in the mm-hmm. secondary. There aren't that many guys that are as good as he is at spotting that. Right? Like, well, we, we need to work this mismatch. So, yeah, the run-heavy game plan from the Cowboy game worked because they were having success with it. They stuck with it, and, and as we pointed out earlier, it's much more difficult to run on the Titans. So I do expect to see them come out throwing. If the Packers win the coin toss, I would take the ball, mm. right? You want to try and get ahead. Don't don't give it to Derrick Henry and then be fighting from behind all night. So they, they have the ability to do it. Christian Watson, the rookie, is the key. He has been a big part of their plans all year. He just hasn't been available to them all year. So if he can play the way he played on Sunday, and if he can stay healthy, and if he can catch the ball when it's thrown to him, he adds so much to the offense because it'll open things up for that run game. It'll open things up for Alan Lazard over the middle, and it will diversify the ways in which they can go after a defense. And you mentioned it. Tennessee is really banged up in this game. It's, it's, a, it's a tough week to be on a short week if you're, t- if you're the Titans. Particularly on the road. You know, even after 30 years doing this job, it still amazes me how week-to-week this league oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Because last week we're sitting here and Ninko's making signs. They're done. <laughs> I might still make done. a sign. And all of a sudden, they win. They win. Yeah, this is one week. They played well one week. We'll see. That's what I mean. They, they win one tonight. game in overtime in which they're losing by 14 points in the fourth quarter, and here we are. Oh, they can make a run. Oh, they have found the formula. Let's I, put the picks up on the screen, Cindy. Do, who, who here at this table believes that Green Bay can do it? We're split. Mm, a variety. Uh, but the, ro- the wrong side of the table likes Green Bay. I can't draw signs it's over and then pick Green Bay the no, next week. All right, I got to stick to my guns here. I think Will the they Tennessee have the Titans. patience, Greeny? Will they have the patience? What does that mean? You have to stick to the run. It's not about the yards. It's about the attempts. And it's about trying to wear Tennessee down where some of those runs may not pop in the first half. But you have two big, strong, powerful backs. You have to stay committed to it, and you have to be understand that this is going to be a fight. This can't be some boxing match where you're trying to out-finesse those guys because they hit you in the face. And listen, it's starting to get cold, and it's starting to become that time where you have to pack your defense in your run game and dare people to stay on the train track. Here's the fear. You do that, and all of a sudden, your own defense is on the field all night long. That's a defense that gave up 28 to Dak on on Sunday, and it should have been more. Two terrible interceptions. Otherwise, Dallas is going to blow that game open. But but you're helping your defense because you're resting them. You got listen. You want to limit the carries of Derrick Henry. 
You don't want those guys. Guys can be real brave in the first and second quarter. When it gets to the third quarter, they don't want to tackle them. They're making business decisions. So you got to keep the blows down and his attempts down. All right, so we'll see. Again, I think it was RC who said, if you see both twos coming at you, you got a problem. You just want to see one or the other. Nico if, wasn't running from that. If both teams. I, both, I, what do you I, think? I might. I might run. Now, I'm, now at my old age of 38, yeah, I might run. He's a pacifist. Uh, I, I, I'll pretend I didn't hear you say that 38 is an old age. Anyway, so the Packers tonight might. Monster game. The team they beat on Sunday. Monster game this weekend. Mm. Dallas and Minnesota. Cowboys blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter last week. Yesterday, on first take, Jimmy Johnson called in. And he was talking about the loss. He called out the players who need to step up this week against Minnesota. You look against the Packers. A game which, you know, I felt like they should have won. If CeeDee Lamb goes in front of the safety instead of going behind him, it wouldn't have been an interception. And that one touchdown could have been the difference in the ballgame. So you look at the supporting cast, he's got to play better as well as Dak. I'm not saying Dak's played fantastic. No, he hasn't been as sharp since he's come back from the injury. So, so much conversation about Dak Prescott in the show. And I guess that's what comes with being the quarterback of the yeah. Dallas Cowboys, right? That's why Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman and uh, Tony Romo, and now here it is for Dak. The question is... Is, was Dak the problem on Sunday? And going forward, is he the reason they're going to win, or is he the reason you have questions? Listen, we, listen. Last week I was here and I talked. I had Tad on my show, and he, he put his top ten list when I said he wasn't top ten. It's not a knock on him, you know. It's not nothing wrong with being Jimmy Butler in the NBA, right? He's a good player, but he has to show us that he can step up and he can elevate his team when the guy across from him is considered a upper echelon quarterback. Listen, I've always said, like, the mark of be like, if, if you're above Kirk Cousins, you're good. If you're below him, then you're average. And right now, Kirk Cousins is playing at a level we haven't seen him play at underneath this new offense. They're going to get a lot of the same with Dalvin Cook and running the football. Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in the game. So Dak is going to have to answer. He's going to have to respond because this isn't going to be one of those games where the, where the, the defense of Dallas is just going to be able to, to dominate. You, you see what they're getting desperate because they've made some additions on the defensive line. They thought Hankins was enough. That yeah. wasn't enough. They went out and got one of Dan Quinn's former uh, teammates, Tariq, uh, I forget his name. They hired another defensive lineman. Right. They're, they're afraid that teams can run the ball on them, and that neutralizes Michael Parsons. Well, look, I mean, so that maybe this becomes more of a Dalvin Cook game than it is a Justin Jefferson game. One way, It's an interesting way you look at it. Kirk Cousins, you know, they, they, they call it the Mendoza line in baseball. Mm -hmm. and maybe it's the Cousins line in football. you got to be above that. I mean, we all think Dak is above that, right? Do you know that the Cowboys are favored in this game? Do you know that the Vikings are 8-1 coming off one of the biggest wins in the NFL this entire season? They're playing at home, and the Cowboys are a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. That's kind of crazy. But the fate of the Cowboys relies on Dak. The fate of this team relies on his performance. How so? How so? You look at the Packers game. Those two interceptions were costly. That was the game. Basically yep. the game. That's yep. points. So if the Dallas Cowboys have expectations and aspirations to become Super Bowl champions – it relies on the quarterback. It relies on Dak to be a top 10 quarterback, not to be average. If he's an average quarterback and he makes the plays like we saw against Green Bay, they are not going to have a deep playoff run. They're not going to be a Super Bowl team. So for the Cowboys to go to a Super Bowl, Dak has to be a superstar. He cannot be average. If he's average, 
They're just an average team. Now, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think I like you it. can go to the Super Bowl with average quarterback play, but it's really hard. And, you and, have to have not making that much money yeah. because the supporting cast isn't what he had last year. What do you think? I thought Jimmy Butler was a great comparison because he is a guy that has elevated his team, right, beyond where a lot of people mm-hmm. thought it would go. And he is a guy that has taken teams to the finals, but even if you don't call him a top. So, yeah, I think Dak has to be that guy. Look, I mean, I think Ezekiel Elliott could be back this week. Maybe they hold him out one more week because they have the Thanksgiving game, but you know that makes them more whole in the run game, so they can maybe you know lean on that even more than as much as people wanted them to in the fourth quarter last week. You know, I, I think that the thing to watch is the defense. I mean, yeah. Dak, I think is going to be Dak. You had a 28 to 14 lead in the fourth quarter. The, the defense has to hold it. Demarcus Lawrence listed as a did not practice yesterday. I mean, if you're banged up on that defensive line, then Dallas going to have a lot of problems that Dak can't overcome. There are a variety of reasons they lost that game, and I get it. The defense is supposed mm-hmm. to hold the two-touchdown lead, but the offense has to stay on the field a little mm-hmm. more. They only ran 14 plays from that point forward, so yeah. there's a little bit of everything that goes into a loss that painful. Meanwhile, what does the table think? Let's take a look at the picks. All right, but once again, we are split. Yeah. <laughs> once <laughs> again, the wrong side of the table likes the Cowboys <laughs> over here. The players, right. the players like the Vikings. You're riding with Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, when you have a win like you had last week, the momentum is on your side. You start believing that you're a team of destiny. Like, that that was a quality win against a great opponent, arguably the best opponent in all of football. I understand there was a little luck involved in it, but sometimes better be lucky than good. This team is confident. You know, this team is playing at a high high level, and they have bona fide superstars. And Kirk Cousins is playing, I believe, at an MVP caliber level. And we have to start giving him credit and stop saying that he's solar powered. You know what? When Michael Irvin said before the season that his MVP was Kirk Cousins, we all laughed a little bit. Maybe Michael is going to wind up (laughs) laughing last. We'll see. As we continue, another quarterback we talked about with MVP is suddenly having a very different conversation. That would be Josh Allen. Has he been too reckless with the football? Does he need to change the way he plays? You need to hear the response to what has become the question of the week. Plus, Saquon, he wants to stay, but what if they can't figure out a deal? Dan has an idea on a new home for Saquon. I guarantee it's not what you're expecting. You'll hear it as we roll on. You want to get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're back on Get Up, and it's time for Overreaction Thursday with Dan Graziano. I'm going to say something that I think people are generally saying, and then you tell me whether or not that is an overreaction. So I think people are saying the Jets should beat the Patriots yes, on Sunday. Bart Scott is saying it. A lot of people is, that, is that an overreaction? It's not. I know it's not what you want to hear. It is not an overreaction. The Jets should win the game. They are the better team. Uh, and obviously they're reeling from the last loss. And they've lost them 13 times in a row. And there's all kinds of psychological stuff at play. But if you look at it, that was their first game without Brees Hall after his injury. They've kind of put the run game back together a little bit the last couple weeks. Coming off a bye, I know the Patriots are too. The Jets should win this game, and it would be monumental for them for a number of reasons if they did. Yes, they've lost 13 straight to the Patriots. That's That's one of the reasons that it would be monumental. Okay, I feel like people are starting to say, you know what, Mike Tomlin might finish over 500 again after all is said and done. Is that an overreaction? I think it is. Look, they're three and six. They they have the rest of their schedule. You know, there's some winnable games Mm -hmm. on there, uh, but they have to go six and two. They still have four division games left, including both against the Ravens. I just think it's it's too high a hill to climb. Hard to bet against Mike Tomlin, who, as we know, has never finished below five. Maybe he gets a tie, and they get to (laughs) eight, eight, and one, uh, and he keeps the streak alive. But, no, I I think there's too much for them to do to get there. All right, and then there's Josh Allen, who – was the overwhelming favorite to win MVP this year. And now with the struggles that we've seen in the red zone and everything else, I think people are saying he has played his way out of the MVP race. Is that an overreaction? It is, because there's more season left than people want to give credit for. You walk around, everybody's like, oh, you know, you're more than halfway there. Nuh-uh. There's half a season left. There's as much data as is already in the hopper. There's that much more coming. And Josh Allen has had more good than bad this year. We're in a zone right now where he's had a couple of games where he's turned it over. That's no good. But the Buffalo Bills, could are they're good enough to run the table. And if they do that, he's right back. Well, and they're good enough to do anything if he plays the way he does at his best. But then there have been the turnovers, and that's been the question, and it's been uh, the, the, the source of a lot of conversation here. Yesterday, Allen said he has no plan to change the way he plays. Keep shooting. It's... Um... I'm going to have the same mindset um, in terms of, you know, being aggressive. Um, but, again, Coach, Coach Dorsey talks about it, you know, smart but not conservative. So just trying to get back to that and, again, just go out there, play freely, not try to make a mistake or not try to not make a mistake, play football and, and be the quarterback that I know I am. All right, so look, Bartholomew, we've had unbelievably good conversations here about this this week because there were sort of two schools of thought. One of them is this is what you're going to have to just accept in Josh Allen. He's going to have those moments that you pull your hair out because so much of it is spectacular. I can already see from your face you don't see it that way. I mean, because there's a big difference between being aggressive and reckless, and sometimes he's reckless. And reckless will get you beat. 
because when you talk about getting in and playing against teams that are good, it's usually the difference in the turnover battle. We used to see this all the time with Brett Favre. We used to give him a pass, right? He had the record for most touchdowns, but he also had the record for most interceptions. And, you know, same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. This was an opportunity where maybe you just don't be that aggressive. That's throwing it to tight windows into the end zone. That wasn't third down, wasn't fourth down, wasn't have to have it. You live to fight another day sometimes, and he has to find that line. And that line is different from everybody else, but he sometimes relies on his arm strength too much, and he uses that instead of going where the defense dictates where the ball should go. That's the position of playing quarterback. Not always about using your physical gifts. Sometimes it's about using your mind. Well, that's a great <clears throat> comparison. The comparison to Favre is a great one. And look, Brett Favre had, you know, one of the 10 or 12 best careers any quarterback ever had. No mm-hmm. one is sneezing at that. But the point is that he's only 26 years old. If you could coach a little bit of that out of him without sacrificing the stuff that makes him great, now you genuinely could be talking about someone who's as good as anybody we've ever seen. Can that be done? Well, you don't want to take that, that mindset away from a young player because that's what makes him great. And you watch him with that ball at the end of the game. He basically drove down the field himself with his legs, got them into position, and I have no problems with this play. When I watched this play, that could have been an in-cut by the receiver. The the receiver ran a post. It was cover four. The safety turned his back opposite of where he went with the ball. That was either underthrown or that was a miscommunication with the receiver. If he puts that ball... One yard below the goalpost, that's a touchdown. It's a touchdown right there. You would see that as being a touchdown. So I don't mind that throw. You so can't you're saying take that, that was more of a bad throw it, than a bad decision? Yes, because that, this play right that, here, that play right there, the receiver, if he ran an in-cut, he would have been flat. The safety shoulders, if you, if you watch the safety, higher. the opposite safety turns his shoulders. So when you look at the play before in the red zone, right. the one that he threw that interception, where mm-hmm. if he just throws it into the first row of the stands and they live to see another down and kick a field goal, three points, they win the football game. So in certain instances, you have to make sure you take the three points and you're safe with the football. When the game's on the line, I don't have an issue with taking a shot at the end zone. Right. But there's two places that you want to put the ball in, in a shot at the end zone. High at the end of the goal, high at high at the goalpost, or low on the end line. All right. And right right there was a bad throw. So th- there are a couple of storylines surrounding this game. Obviously, the Allen of it all is fascinating. Then there's the weather mm. of it all. I, I believe that there's no one in the world. There's nothing that football fans love more than sitting on a nice, comfortable couch and watching you guys running around and playing in. Multiple Multiple so feet of build, snow, yeah. making so, snow angels. So you want to build a snowman? We could be talking about four <laughs> feet of snow yeah. in Buffalo, but Dan, we also might not be talking about the game played there. Right. It, the league is monitoring this closely. They're talking to both teams. They're talking to local officials, seeing what the storm's going to do. It, it's possible they have to move the game because of the surrounding conditions, right? Even if it's not snowing during the game Sunday, there may be enough snow on the ground and enough snow falling the next couple days that it, it requires extra resources to clear the stadium, clear the parking lot. They may need, uh, you know, they may need those resources elsewhere for, for emergencies, right. right? I mean, this is going to be a significant snowstorm that's going to impact the area in a lot of ways that have nothing to do with football. So what the league has said is they could relocate the game. They haven't made that decision yet. They have until tomorrow. Uh, Friday is their deadline for deciding whether to do that. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye. Not that something couldn't be decided today, but they can wait as long as tomorrow to do it. Look, it was a Jets-Bills game in 2014 that was moved to Detroit for similar reasons. Detroit is right there. It's close to Cleveland and Buffalo. They're not playing a game there this weekend. The Bills have to be there next Thursday for Thanksgiving. If it does get moved, and at this point it hasn't been, 
then that makes some sense. That would be a shame. Uh, it, it, would, <laughs> it would be a shame. It, but you understand, though. Like, yeah, it's not yeah, about, get, like, I get it. Yeah, I get I mean, it. They, it may yeah. not be realistic right. to have a football game. Get a national guard. Uh, unless they, yeah. uh, you know, ask Bills fans to come out and shovel yeah, which they out. The mafia would get it done. They'd show up and drove. If people are trapped in their homes, they don't want to know that someone is plowing the parking lot. I understand all of that. We're going to show you some fun snow video of Rob Minkovich making a sack in the snow a little bit later. But I'm up against a break. Let me run along here. Much more to do as we continue. Monday night. The shocker in Philly. Was it actually a blessing in disguise for Jalen Hurts and company? Our crew is divided and fired up on that conversation. Plus, did you see what Steph did last night? Do you realize even this wasn't enough? You need to see the half century from the all-time great as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back on Get Up, and the game is called Fact or Fiction. Hey, Graziano, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are a lock for the one seed. Is that fact or fiction? It's fiction. There, there are five teams within one game of them right now, three others within two games, half a season to go. The Baltimore Ravens don't play another team with a winning record until week 18. You can make the Chiefs the favorite, and I might agree with you, but a lock, no way. All right, like it. Ninko, let's go to your old buddy Brady. If I said Tom Brady is poised for another Super Bowl run, is that fact or fiction? Fiction. fiction. We're talking Super Bowl run? Yes. Fiction. I know the game in Germany was awesome, but guess what? They had a lot of, what is it, Steins of beer? Is that sure. What maybe? Steins. Yeah, Stein. Yeah, they had maybe a few after the game because it was a great win. But I don't see them in a Super Bowl run. That's fiction. A Stein and a schnitzel, a schnitzel? after the ball game, you feel yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bart, how about the Eagles? <laughs> if I said they're better off now because they've lost a game, would that be fact or fiction? That would be fact. I mean, it's always better to, to kind of, you know, get the monkey off your back, so to speak. And also, the things that make you, the things that get swept under the rug when you win, when you win and you do bad things that help you lose, don't get corrected. Yeah. But now everybody had to go analyze every play. Everybody got to say, we got to be better. We can't turn the ball over. We can't have you know, bad penalties. That, trust me, it's right. No, I trust Don't give me that look, Greeny. No, yeah, losing is great. I mean, I, I, you want to do it as much you as learn more. From, you learn more from losing than winning, Grosz, well, because people I, get comfortable. What I have learned the last couple of weeks listening to you fine gentlemen is the that players, everyone the players should try and spoken. lose their first game no. of the season. No, no, that's and not that it. If and you, if you mess up and accidentally win it, that's not you should it. definitely try and lose week two because the worst thing no. is to win every single game <laughs> it and is. feel like it you're is. better than everybody else. Yep. Like that's, that, that, that's terrible, False man. False sense of security. They should probably lose again just to be sure. They should. False, <laughs> false sense of security. Colts. They what, happen, what happens is what you get – it's a true sense of security? Nah, nah. You get, pe- you get people's attention when you lose. Yeah. People get cho- chewed out when you lose because yeah, now you got to analyze great. You got to analyze everything. You hold yeah. people accountable. I bet mm-hmm. you're going to play with their hair on fire against the, the Saturdays on Sunday this yeah. week. Maybe. So, so, so for those of you who were not with us last week, uh, basically at this time, <laughs> we had this argument. What is Dominique? In which these two guys – yeah, Nick was not on our side. Uh, that, that, and 
and, and again, you guys were part of really good teams, and so you saw it. You have long runs. That there is something about suffering a first loss. A, you, you, the coaches have the opportunity to bring people's attention to tail, and B, that there was just some element of relief mm-hmm. that the pressure, whatever exactly that is, of trying to go unbeaten is removed from your team. So you think this will actually benefit the Eagles? Well, didn't A.J. Brown right after the game say he we, did. Could put, we could put the no. undefeated team? No, he did. No, he just thinks he made it up. Yeah, yeah, he I'll just play. made it up. He didn't mean it. I'll play it. Let's you see. Want to hear alternative see. facts. This was A.J. Brown after the game. Cindy, go ahead. Roll it. I know guys got long faces, and but me personally, of course I want to win, but not all this 17 and no over with. Like, you know, now it's not, now we're going to wake up and how you going to respond? Adversity. It doesn't. It doesn't develop character. It reveals it. Bart was talking the whole time. So listen, I, just I like our picks, the table has been divided. Yeah. And, and on this, the players are divided with the, the professionals yeah, on mean, the other I, side. I just, I that was I a just nice don't... way to describe it. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I, guess I just don't get it. Like I understand this is how players think, but I, I just don't. I, like, is there no one in that locker room who's going, "Dang, it would have been awesome to be." Nobody care though. about that. They care really? about a championship. Nobody yeah. care about winning because every you day. Know, you know that it's it's unrealistic, and you don't want to be sitting there with these unrealistic. Realistic expectations. What you want in your realistic expectations is to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And with all the pressures that go into it as the professionals apply the pressure, it mounts. And I know, look at, look, that's I know you, that's, that's you start getting exclusive. See, you want, you start asking. I know, I know. Nobody okay, wants to do a sit down with Dan Grouser. Oh, Let me change the question then. They've lost a game. The, the, the pursuit of perfection, whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bob Greasy is down there drinking champagne celebrating. So there will be no perfect team in the NFL this season. Did you see anything from the Eagles that changes your perspective on them being the best team? Do they remain, in your mind, the best team in the NFC? Run game. They got to stop the run. You yeah. have to stop the run. And, and if you're playing against a team, especially in the playoffs, and that other team is running the ball successfully, it opens up a lot more issues. It opens up the intermediate routes. It opens up the play-action pass. puts more pressure on your secondary. So for the Eagles, after this loss, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to reevaluate, okay, up front, yes, we have the pass rushers. Yes, we have the personnel. But we need to tighten up a little bit in the run game. We need to be stouter up front. Well, they play keep away, right? And, you know, Jordan Davis wasn't there. What did they do? They signed Linvell Joseph because they identified that they have to be able to stop the run because teams are going to play keep away. And when you do that, anything can happen because if you have one turnover, now what happens is the game is shortened and you have an opportunity to lose. All of us who know Jeff Saturday know that the Eagles are going to see the well, running game this weekend, right? There's nothing in the world Jeff Saturday wants to do more than run the football. He's going to run it at the Eagles on Sunday. So look at what they got coming up. They got Jonathan Taylor on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They got the Packers after that. We know they got they have running backs that can do it. They got Derrick Henry after that. Saquon Barkley after that. Yep. Justin Fields after yeah. that. Like, they got to figure out how to stop the run. Oh, it's going to be some 907. They're going to be really feeling great about well, themselves because they're going to be losing all the time. No, no, they, they gonna can't put, do it. They'll no. do the You're going to put the pads on today. The bottom line of it is this. putting pressure on them. They don't even listen. The one seed in the NFL on both sides of the draw is unprecedentedly valuable in the new playoff format. That's what they need to make sure they hang on to. Much more football as we go. But i got to show you the performance of the night last night from one of the all-time greats, and even this was not enough. Hey, Jay Williams, let's talk about Steph Curry last Let's do it. And the Warriors. Steph put up half a hundo last night, and Golden State still couldn't get it done. I mean, you talk about a guy that is having the best season of his career. Think about that. 
the best season of Stephen Curry's career in Fuego, Greeny. That is not an overstatement. He is playing better than he ever has before. He had 17 in the first quarter last night, and he was just getting started. I mean, all up pick and roll. Look at the Euro step through, the little flick up underneath. I mean, at the end of the day, this team needs so much more, and we'll talk about that when the highlights. He had 31 at the half, but they were down by seven. Here comes more. He had 40 through three. Once again, off pick and roll, you want to go under, you want to cheat it. He's so good at figuring out spots on the floor. But Phoenix, man, Devin Booker, he's been playing at an MVP caliber as well. Booker had 27 last night. The Suns a 14-point lead going to the fourth. Here comes Steph. He knocks down a three. He scored 50, but it wasn't near enough. Warriors lose again. They have not won a game on the road all season. Hey, Steve Kerr, what's going on? I saw a lot of hanging heads tonight. I think we're feeling sorry for ourselves, and um, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Um, so uh, everyone can't wait to play us and kick our ass. So I'm old enough to remember that before the season began, we were talking about them just being better because they were going to start working mm -hmm. in these young guys, and that they were an overwhelming pick to repeat this year. They have not won a game on the road. Is this a team that can put it together and repeat as champions? Not currently constructed the way they're constructed. Here's what's happening. Steph Curry had 50 points last night. Mm -hmm. They lost the game, okay, to a team without Cam Johnson and a team without CP3. But when you look at their timelines, what timeline are they on? What path are they on? You have Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. You have James Wiseman who got sent down to the G League. Young guys. Are you building for the future, Greeny? Or you are about to be all in with a guy who's having the best season of his career. He's shooting 50, 40, 90, averaging 33 points on a true shooting percentage of 70%. Of 70%. So if Klay Thompson is having a hard time getting to where he needed to be, if Jordan Poole is inconsistent, Bob Myers and company and Joe Lacob, you have to make a decision. Those pieces that you have on the bench, the bench has not been good defensively, and we're starting to see the starting five lose their defensive luster as well. You need to be all in with Steph Curry's season and make a move by the trade deadline to get him some help that is needed to so help him win So you're saying trade some of these you young have players to the league likes to get someone who can help them win a title this year. You have to for Steph Curry. You cannot waste the best season of his career thus far. Yeah, that, That's not do an it. exaggeration. He's having his best year ever. In the meantime, his former teammate Kevin Durant is not. I want to show you some quotes from Durant. We all know what's been going on in Brooklyn this year. But now here's some interesting quotes from him in Bleacher Report. This uh, on a week where his team gave up 153 points to Sacramento the other night. And KD said, look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there? So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. I guess what A, what he's saying is true. It's kind of hard to argue, but what what are you taking from that? I mean, first off, he told the truth. It's exactly what it is. People are going to say that's a disrespect to your teammates, but the reality is it all comes back on him. This is like a quarterback conversation. When the Bills lose, you're only looking at Josh Allen. Right, right. You're not looking at their secondary being depleted. Goes to Josh Allen. Same with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has already asked for a trade, Greeny. He's already asked for one. Yeah. This, to me, is another message by saying, hey, look, this is not working out. I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. I love Kyrie. He's my brother, but he's on his own path. There's this battle between Joe Sy and Kyrie. At the end of the day, Kevin Durant just wants to hoop and play basketball, Brittany. That's what he wants to do. If he can't do that, 
Josiah needs to trade him to some place where he can do that. Yeah, but that, that's clearly not going to happen, right? Josiah had the opportunity to try to trade him. It doesn't seem like he's going to. I, 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 I wonder if, if we try to still figure out some way this can work. Kyrie, I think, is going to come back this weekend, right? There's the Woj was telling us that he'll be back on the floor. Is there any conceivable chance, I can't believe I'm still asking this, that they can put this thing together and look like a team that looks vastly different from I'm a Nets fan. I hope so, but I just don't see it. What, what about everything that's happened over the past three years makes you believe that somehow, magically, Greeny, this team is going to figure it out? No, nothing. Just out of thin air. Now, I like Jacques Vaughn. I think he's the right answer. I think he holds everybody accountable to a degree. It just seems like there's so much, and there's a, a lack of trust and camaraderie it feels like between management ownership and all the players you tell me a team that wins a championship with all that in place no i mean it, it's a level of Doesn't dysfunctionality that, that you see very seldom in sports and it never works so in the end you think ultimately kd gets out of there he's got three more years on his contract after this one they don't have to trade him if they don't want to i mean at the end of the day i think kevin durant's going to want to go somewhere where everybody's about basketball all the time I don't think that's in Brooklyn currently. No, I get it. But couldn't they get rid of – look, Kyrie is certainly not going to be there beyond this season. Even if this year is just a wash, will they not rebuild around one of the greatest players of all time? I mean, well, that's not the question, though, right? You're looking at it from the Nets angle. Right. I'm looking at it if I'm Kevin Durant. If I'm at this stage of my career, you know, do I want to go through a complete rebuild or do I want to go to a team where I know dudes are there to hoop each and every single day? I, I'll just throw this out there as a team. Go. That just seeing him in a fiddle. Who? Can you imagine Kevin Durant in Memphis with John Morant? Can you imagine, like, with the way those dudes just love to hoop? Yeah. You see people down in Memphis say, we love you, KD. We want you. They talk. They toy around with it. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, like, that's a team that you, that's all about basketball all the time. There all may, the time. There, I mean, I love it. No one wouldn't love it. There literally may not be any situation in the league that isn't better than the one that he's currently in. KJM, ESPN Radio, every weekday, you're the man. man. Thank you. Uh, we will have great basketball coming tomorrow night, by the way. You're going to see Embiid in the Sixers hosting Giannis in the Bucks. Uh, that's 7.30 Eastern tomorrow. Then you'll see Steph against the Knicks. That's our late game. We'll start your coverage with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern tomorrow night on ESPN and on the ESPN app. As we continue on Get Up, Saquon wants to stay, but what if a deal can't be reached with the Giants? Graziano's got a new home for Barkley that might just surprise you. You'll hear what it is next. Get up on ESPN. Week 11 kicks off tonight, and we're putting some teams on upset alert. Hey, Bartholomew Scott, Patriots are a three-point favorite. Are the Jets going to upset New England? That O has got to go. Enough is enough, Green. We fed up in New York. It's time to get that dub against the Patriots and move into first place. All right. It scares me to death how confident I am they're going to do that. Back to uh, Ninko, uh, the Falcons are a three-point favorite against the Bears. Are the Bears going to upset Atlanta? Yeah, I do believe so. I think Fields, you're seeing this guy – um, just re have the confidence in the last three weeks. He's taking care of the football. He's running with the football well. He's looking, evaluating the field better. So, again, yes, I see the Bears getting it done. Coming into his own. Meanwhile, the Giants are a three-point favorite against the Lions. Graziano, does Detroit upset Big Blue? I think they do. I mean, Detroit scores at a level that the Giants don't. They average 24.5 points per game. The Giants have only been over 24 in one game this year. It was against the Packers in London. So, uh, as great as things are in New York right now, and as great
great as things feel, it just doesn't seem like a shootout game is the right kind of game for them. Well, look, here's the other side of it, which is the Lions defense, which has been yeah, very bad. True. If they're going to upset New York, they'd have to stop that man, Saquon, having a resurgent year. He leads the league in scrimmage yards per game. That's the most since his breakout rookie season. He is 37% of the Giants offense. Only Derrick Henry is a bigger percentage of his own team's offense than he has been. And just a very quick aside before we talk about the Giants' big picture, you had a really interesting uh, column on ESPN.com in which you and Jeremy Fowler sort of speculate about Saquon's future. He's in the final right. year of his contract. What is the general he's having? He's playing so well, and the Giants are the surprise yeah. of the league. Is it just a lock that he is back in New York it, next it's year? It's not a lock because, you know, running backs are not – it's not a position where people like to spend money. The Giants have a lot of work to do on their roster in spite of their record, which I know is excellent. Uh, but they, they know they have to keep building it out. So it, it's about putting the salary cap puzzle together. They're going to need help at receiver. They're going to have to figure out quarterback. Daniel Jones is a free agent as well. Do you bring him back? Do you bring somebody else in? Whatever decision you make there is going to cost. So I, I believe they'd like to bring Saquon Barkley back. But I also think there's probably a number beyond which that they won't go, and that would make him a free agent able to sign elsewhere. And just because I found it fascinating, you speculated about one place that you could see him winding up that could be very intriguing. Well, I threw out the Bears because, like, this is, you know, you have Justin Fields obviously already there. Imagine the two of them together and what that run game would look like and how potentially explosive. I think when people speculate on Saquon, if he's not back with the Giants, They'll want to put him on the top offenses, right, like as, as an accent piece in Buffalo or in Kansas City, place like that. But, you know, it could be, it would be interesting to see him in a place like Chicago if they want to build it out from the run game and, and, um, and lean on that with Justin Fields as he develops. So, so lest you should be thinking, what are you talking about? Why wouldn't the Giants just sign up, yeah. bring all this stuff yeah. back? The reality is a lot of people don't believe that this is real, what we are seeing with the Giants. And in a private moment, I don't know if their general manager and their head coach aren't among those people. Do you think that they bring <laughs> back Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and say to themselves, look, we're 7-2 and two right now. This is a team that could do big things in the future. I can see uh, Saquon Barkley because of public pressure, right? Because the fans Fan base loves Saquon Barkley, and finally he's starting to look like he looked his first year. But you know, it's cautionary tales all out there. You look at Ezekiel Elliott, you look at Ty Gurley, you know, you look at uh, McCaffrey who got paid ninety million dollars, and he's not on the same team anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, right now, you know, people think Ezekiel Elliott is some like thirty-year-old running back. He's twenty-seven, yeah. and that didn't age well. And they've been they've been wanting to get out of that contract if they could for the last two years. You know who else is a cautionary tale? Saquon Barkley. Yeah. They pick him with the number two pick, so he gets a big running back contract instantly. Yeah. And he hasn't been healthy for the length of it, and that has obviously cost them significantly. And, and so that's the little picture. Oh, excuse me. That's the big picture on the Giants here. What does their future look like? Obviously, what happens for them, their last eight games of the season will go a long way towards deciding that. So let's talk about that. You know, Nico, this week I have asked people up here, what teams do you believe in in the NFC? And I hear about the Eagles, and I hear about the Vikings, and I hear about the 49ers. Some people like Seattle. Some people like Brady. The Giants are 7-2, and two, and I never hear anyone talk about them. Is this a team that could make a deep playoff run? Not, not scoring 20 points a game. And in the playoffs, you got to score points. They're 22nd in the NFL right now for points per game. And in the playoffs, you have to score. you got to score a lot of points. You have to be able to score when you need to score points. And with running the football, that's time of possession. That's, that's having that time of possession in your back pocket. But you also have to be able to, to throw the ball down the field, complete some passes, score some points. And also, too, we talk about Dayball. He just came from a place where he used to throw the ball 40 times a game. Right. So maybe this running 
game aspect isn't necessarily what he wants this team to be. He's just dealing with what's on the roster for now. And then moving yeah. forward, they're, they're going to change this, this roster out a little bit more. What do you think of that part? Oh, that, that's why that's it's so amazing because I called the uh, Kansas City game. And I'm watching Kadarius Tony look like the second coming <laughs> of Tyreek Hill and getting going that they let a talented player that was cheap and under contract go. You know, you could imagine if, if they, maybe if they had Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay came back and started looking like the player in Detroit, they would have a chance in the playoffs. But being one-dimensional like that, that's a bad recipe for success. For what it's worth, right now, our analytics, our football power index, suggests that on a neutral field, 24 teams would be favored against the Giants. So there there were 24 teams, including the Saints. I mean, with (laughs) all due respect, the Saints are awful. Andy Dalton? All they do is lose games they should win. All the Giants do is win games they should lose, and they're 7-2, and and yet FBI doesn't believe in them. I don't know that anyone believes in them. I just, I mean, look at the Saints above them. I I just, I kind of throw that out now. Well, it is what it is. The reason, they haven't lost enough to be good, right? Like, that's the whole key. He is losing. Oh, no, don't start exactly. that. You're bringing this they, up. They, they've lost twice. Yeah. Only two losses. Yeah. Like, they've how lost can they twice. possibly build on that? They've but, lost and, twice, but, I mean, they, They've only outscored in nine games. They're 7-2, and two, guy, and their point differential, guy. as you see on the bottom of your screen, <laughs> is 14. They win every game by, like, two points. Uh, but they win as a win as a win as a win. The Giants are for real. They deserve the, the respect that I think they are not getting. In the meantime, Graziano, let's run the hurry oh. up quickly here as we head into this weekend. What is the situation now with the Rams? Desperation time. How about their quarterback. Matthew Stafford was back in practice yesterday, listed as a full participant. He's moving his way through the concussion protocol. I uh, missed last week's game, but if he continues to make the progress he's made so far this week, the expectation would be that he would start uh, this weekend against who are they playing again? They're playing uh, the Saints. The Saints. Yeah. Washington is going to stick with Taylor Heineke against Houston at quarterback. Washington, obviously they have Carson Wentz. He's getting closer to being able to return from injury, but legitimate questions about whether even once Carson Wentz is fully healthy and ready to go, that Washington would stick with him. So we'll see what happens, but Heineke gets another go at it, fresh off that victory over the Eagles, as you would expect. And then our old friend Jeff Saturday said that Matt Ryan will remain the Colts' starting quarterback moving forward. Now, a week ago, Jeff said Sam Ellinger would start last week, and he surprised everybody and started Ryan, so I don't know if we can trust Saturday anymore. I'm just kidding. But he says Matt Ryan will be the quarterback moving forward. Obviously, the offense looked a lot better. They have the Eagles this week, so we'll see how that goes with Matt Ryan, an old uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan, I think, from birth. If there's one thing that we know that Jeff Saturday wants to do, it's run the football and see if they do it. Meanwhile, ABC and ESPN have statements Saturday this weekend. We got Michigan, Illinois at noon Eastern. We got C.J. Stroud and Ohio State taking on Maryland after that. We got number nine, Clemson, hosting Miami, and then we got Tennessee and South Carolina. Huge weekend of games, and you can watch all the action, as always, on the ESPN app from wherever you may be. Coming up, enormous showdown tonight in Green Bay. We will tell you why the formula Aaron Rodgers wants to employ will not work. Can the Packers figure it out? We'll answer that question next. This is Get Up on ESPN.